0: you listening to The Blend, drum and bass interviews, Lowing theory, with the Reverend Kathy Russell. Hi, this is the Reverend Kathy Russell from Austin, Texas. Our next artist in this series hails from Southern California, USA, and is the dark alter ego of Akira Tide, also known as Vex 7. Having released music since 2015, he's had tunes on CNVX, Onset Audio, Blue Martin, and his own imprint, Modern Conveniences. This is the Low End Theory interview with Dan Eshelman, a.k.a. Akiratide, a.k.a. Vex7 on the blend. Hi, Dan. Hey. Where are you, where are you in Southern California? What city specifically?
1: Uh, currently, I'm living in Temecula. Um, my wife and I spent the last nine years in Pasadena, which is just right outside of, right outside of Los Angeles. Um, but we moved here um, in July because we had a son and we bought a house here, so we're in the suburbs now.
0: However, now were you close to where the fires were happening?
1: No, not really. Um, I mean, when we lived in Pasadena, it was a little closer. We definitely could, you know, we could feel the smoke in our lungs every day. Um, it was really bad. We actually had to get air purifiers for every room in our apartment. But uh, here, it's been pretty good so far.
0: Well, that's that's good to hear that you were in a safe place. Uh, yeah. Now, what is the scene like there, uh, where you are?
1: I mean in Temecula like non-existent there's not really a drone base scene here but in Los Angeles it's pretty decent. I mean we've got you know respect um and there's other club nights and stuff so yeah it's all right in LA.
0: So I always find that fascinating. So uh you've done a, so then a lot of your networking and also especially in the time of COVID you've done a lot of your uh work online then, correct? Yeah, Working with others.
1: Like mhm for sure.
0: Now, how does that uh, process go because I know you've collaborated with uh, with several different artists uh, do you normally you're obviously not in the same place uh, do you how do you normally exchange back and forth? Do you just normally like trade stems or do you normally make sure you have the same doll or uh, I know some place there, there even are some services that you can collaborate with online um, How do you normally work that out?
1: believe it or not, um, I usually just do everything through Facebook and Dropbox so Um, I use Facebook messenger a lot and just talk to people through there. And, um, then we just trade stems on Dropbox. So, you know, if I'm starting a club with somebody, like we usually talk through kind of what we want the idea of the song to be, I don't know if there's like a theme or just a general idea of what we want it to sound like. And then, you know, one person will start it and then we'll just trade stems back and forth until it's finished, really. So
0: then it doesn't even really matter that maybe you might be in two different DAWs. It just Because you're just trading audio stems, it doesn't matter, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, actually, when, so I use Logic Pro, and even when when I'm working with somebody that uses Logic Pro, we still usually trade stems. It's very rare for me to actually, like, send a project file to somebody, because, you know, chances are they're not going to have the same plugins that I do, so it's just easier to trade stems. That's
0: a good point. Uh, Well, it it always, I think it's a, a, a a testament to the community of drum and bass that, that you're able to collaborate with so many people you know all over the world um i know that you yeah, co- sure. uh, collaborated with a russian artist um now i know that was for a different for your akira tide moniker but uh, did you mm-hmm. uh did you have a language barrier doing that or uh was that able, were you able to communicate um, just fine I've, I've tried to do some interviews with some of the russian german base and sometimes there's been a language barrier
1: yeah i think you're talking about my club with bop um on hospital records he um, speaks pretty good English, so that wasn't really so much of an issue. Um, I've got a few Russian artists um, that I'm, you know, releasing music with on my record label, and there's definitely a little bit more of a barrier there. Um, some of them use translation apps, um, so that's always kind of interesting to see. Um, and the apps have gotten pretty good, so you know, it's not too difficult these days. But with Bob, yeah, his English is pretty good, um, so it really was a pretty easy collaboration.
0: Okay, that's a that's really awesome. Uh, so I'm familiar, you know, a lot with your Akira type, but I'm not. It's- familiar with your Vex 7, what's the difference mm-hmm. uh, what, between the two for you?
1: Um, well, I'll just give you like a brief history. So I started the Vex 7 project in 2017 when I was writing my debut album, Past Lives, um, under my Curatide alias, and I was just really struggling with the album, and it, it took me two years to finish that album. And I was just having a hard time finishing it, and was listening to a lot of techno at the time, and just started writing techno just kind of out of nowhere and you know i'd never written techno before and uh just it seemed like maybe a good way to kind of get out some of my frustrations dealing with writing the album and uh so i just kind of went on this offshoot for like three months and wrote nothing but techno. Oh, wow <laughs> and uh, and of course you know i wasn't intending to use any of those songs for the curatide album but it was just kind of a way to maybe get out some of my feelings and stuff that I was processing, and uh, so then I went back, you know, and finished past lives, and it came out in 2018. And so then I was sitting on all these techno tunes, and I'm like, "What am I going to do with these?" You know. And so originally, I hadn't planned on starting another alias, and at that point, I, you know, I was only doing stuff under Acure Tide. Now I've got you know, Moniker and Acure Tide and Three VS also. Uh-huh. But um, so you know, after sitting on those techno tunes for like a couple years. I just realized I had written some pretty dark drone based songs that also really didn't fit in with my career output. And so I realized it's actually easier when I have aliases because then I'm not trying to write everything to fit one specific mold. You know, I can write whatever I want and then kind of see like what alias does it best best slot under. So if I write something really dark and heavy, I'm not going to put that out under a but Vex 7 is a good outlet for that. So I, I ended up writing some darker drone based stuff and, uh, I thought, you know, originally I had conceived Vex 7 to be just a techno project, but um, at this point it's techno and just darker, heavier drone base. You know, what I'm doing through Acura Tide is very melodic and very stripped back and minimal, and so Vex 7 is definitely, like, heavier, darker, more up front.
0: Now, I, I, I know that you write some in the style of a little bit of the autonomic. Uh, now, is that both monikers, or mm-hmm. is that only one?
1: Um, both, I guess, you know. I don't have as clearly a defined style for Vex 7 because I just don't have a lot of time to devote to it, especially right now with my son being born. I mean, it's hard enough just to write a Tide songs. <laughs> so yes. it's, it's something that, you know, I haven't had as much time um, to spend on it. And that was actually part of the reason when Doug approached me about doing the mix for Low End Theory that was part of the reason i wanted to do a seven mix because i haven't done one yet you know so i thought it would be like a fun opportunity to do something in a different style than what i usually do and with my monthly podcast series that i'm doing I'm already doing an akira mix almost every month and so i thought it'd be fun to switch it up and do something different um so it is you know some of the VEX seven stuff is you know maybe not quite autonomic but halftime drum and mm-hmm. bass for sure but then I, you know some of it is more just straightforward full-on drum and bass
0: that's awesome. Um, can you, uh, now, people around my area, around these parts, uh, we're not really <laughs> that familiar with autonomic. Can you expand a little bit on what that style is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it started around 2008, 2009, and the people really championing that sound at the time were Bridge and Instrumental, who you might know as uh, Kid Drama and Vodka.
0: Okay, yes, i uh,
1: Okay, and just kind of the the idea behind it was to slow the tempo down a little bit um the songs are always 170 beats per minute never goes over 170 usually and just kind of stripping back the drums and putting more focus on um melodic elements and synthesizers it's very like synth based very you know a lot of analog hardware being used um breaks are very rarely used in autonomic it's almost Uh always you know drum machines um, or drum samples Um, and, and the beats are almost always halftime beats too. Not always, but almost always halftime beats. And so it's just, you know, trying to create a lot of space in the mix for other elements to shine, um, especially the melodic stuff.
0: So it's, it's not going to be as, to just go by the definition, drum heavy as something like drum step, but it's it's sort of in that vein, correct? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely drum work happening, but it's, you know, not, um, yeah, not as drum forward
0: so uh let's talk about uh your about your process um, now are you a hardware person or a software person? uh are you kind of a little bit of both when you when yeah, you produce?
1: definitely a little bit of both I'd say it's about a fifty fifty split um I have a lot of hardware um but I use software a lot too my music's very sample based um so the instrument that I use the most is actually um, Native Instruments Contact, which is their nice. software sampler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's primarily what I'm using, but um, definitely using a lot of hardware synths too. I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've oh, got nice. nine synths here. So, yeah, um, I've got a lot of tabletop synths. You know, I do have a Prophet 12, which is like my big, you know, big synth, but um, I definitely. Um, you know, use a combination of, of both Sense and, uh, software, but, um, uh, yeah, I would say it's like a 50-50 split.
0: Okay. And uh, now you use contact a lot. Uh, is that, what, do you have a favorite plugin? Would you say that that, you know, that that's it or working with that? Or, uh, do you have yeah, one? Yeah, I mean,
1: that's, I don't know if that's my favorite plugin. That's definitely the one I'm using the most. Um, my favorite plugin, I would say probably, um, actually Replica XT by Native Instruments. Okay. Um, it's a it's actually a delay plugin but it has this diffusion reverb setting that's kind of like buried in the settings and it just creates this lovely reverb it's really lush it has a huge tail it creates all these really interesting harmonics too um I use it on every song and usually multiple instances of it on every song so I guess that's that's the big reveal here you in the inside scoop <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right Well hey I'm here I'm here to get the juicy details Yeah you mentioned that you just had, that you recently had a child. Is it a boy or a girl?
1: A uh, boy. His name is Wes, Wesley.
0: Wesley. Now, what, are you hoping that he becomes musical too, or are you going to, whatever he decides to do, you're, uh, you know, that's, that's awesome. And music would be a bonus. Or, or are you one of those people that's like, I don't know if I want my son to go into music.
1: Um... i mean whatever he wants to do you know i'll be proud of him regardless i think it would be great if he had some kind of creative outlet you know later in his life because i think it's really important to be creative and have an outlet for that but uh you know whether that's art or music or you know some other medium that i'm not even thinking of um you know as long as he's happy and you know whatever he chooses to do i'll be supportive of that
0: now you play an instrument uh how you play guitar from my understanding correct
1: I do, yeah. I play a few instruments. Um, Guitar is the thing that I'm most known for, and the thing that, you know, I mean, aside from um, synthesizers, it's, you know, probably the thing that stands out the most on on my songs. But um, I do also play bass guitar, um, keyboards, piano, um, and drums.
0: Oh, wow. Fantastic. And uh, you actually got your start as well, not with drum and bass, but you were really uh, into, like, industrial type of music, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's something I've talked about a bit in the past in other interviews. So when I was a teenager, I got really into industrial music. That was like my bread and butter and uh, got into drum bass in the late nineties when I started going to raves. Actually, my first rave was for my 16th birthday party okay. in uh, 1997. And uh, when, uh, when I first started going, I was just getting into like, you know, at the time, everything that was playing at raves was pretty much called techno, um, now techno.
0: <laughs> yes i remember you know, that time yes. now,
1: now techno is a <laughs> genre of music but at the time techno wasn't so much a genre of music um and uh so yeah so when i first started going um i got really into house and techno and at the time you know jungle was just starting to get kind of big it was usually like um you know room two was usually the jungle room and uh I hated it when I first heard it. I just couldn't make sense of it. It was so fast. <laughs> you know, back then, there was a lot of chopped up breaks. And I was just like, what is this? Like, where is the beat? I couldn't find the rhythm. And, the, you know, drums were just skittering all over the place. And I was like, it was just awful. And uh, But the more that I went, the you know, more raves I went to, then I really started getting into it. Um, for me, what turned it around, actually, was I was at this huge warehouse rave in Ohio i mean i don't know there must have been like ten thousand people there it was this giant warehouse oh wow i didn't and, realize
0: the ohio scene was that big at
1: that yeah, time. It, it got pretty big for a while and um i heard um shadow boxing by nasty habits aka doc scott oh me too system. that's
0: that's definitely part of my uh, drum and bass baptism as well
1: <laughs> yeah i heard that and you know because i was really into industrial i was really into like darker stuff and at the time leading up to that, a lot of the jungle that I'd been hearing was, I don't know if happy is the right word, but it was, you know, more, like, upbeat, and uh, I hadn't heard, I hadn't really heard a lot of, like, dark drone based or jungle yet, and so when I heard that, and that, you know, baseline kicked in, I was just like, ooh, okay, I can get into this. Yeah.
0: There's something... Dramatic, almost kind of cinematic about about shadow boxing. I think um, for sure, yeah. It, it, and it really, there's not a lot to it, you know. When you really start to break it down and and take it apart in your mind, but it just works, you know, for what yeah. it is. And yeah, I mean, especially when the genre was so new. Now you've got stuff with layers and layers and layers where you had a lot of more of that raw grittiness um, right. when the scene was first starting. That uh, that there's some there's perfection to it as well. So I uh, I totally agree with you on that. Well cool. Uh well um that's the main thing everything I got. Uh do you have anything that that's coming out or uh did you put up something out recently that you can tell us uh, tell us about?
1: I did, yeah. Um so just at the beginning of this month on the fourth, um I had my fifth release on Blue Martin Music, which is a remix single. It's um two Songs from my album *Home Movies* remixed by some people that are really killing it right now and who I hugely respect. Um, the first is my song *Evergreen* remixed by Tim Reaper, which was just phenomenal. I mean, he absolutely smashed it as he always does. Awesome. And then the second is uh, the B-side, is the title track *Home Movies* uh featuring y2 which was remixed by Wardown, which if you're not familiar that with that it's um an alias of pete technomatic and okay. he released and he released an album on blue martin music um in 2020 under oh. that alias war down and uh it's just a phenomenal album it's like a real kind of love letter to 90s drum and bass and so it was really cool to um hear his spin on it
0: oh, well, I well definitely have to check that out i haven't heard that one yeah. um now where can we find your music are you on uh, are you on beatport are you on uh juno how can we put some money in your pocket so to speak
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean everywhere um it, my music's on all platforms you know if uh if you want to support the artists Bandcamp definitely the best place to go for that but it's also on beatport spotify itunes apple music juno everywhere
0: fantastic well do yeah. you want to have any shout outs you want to give before we wrap things up
1: Sure. Yeah, I guess just a shout out to my wife and my son and really everyone that has helped me along the way because, you know, as much as we want to believe through social media that everybody is self-made, the reality is that that's not true at all. And everybody has, you know, a team of people that they've worked with or have, you know, backed them up or been behind them or helped them in some way. So to everyone who's helped me, thank you.
0: That's a fantastic shout out. Well, thank you so much, Dan. And uh, this has been The Blend. All right. Thank you. You have just listened to the Blend Lowing Theory Mix Series interviews with the Reverend Candy Russell.